folks. Uh, welcome to episode, gosh, 35 of Door Tunes. Um, obviously, this is our interview chat kind of show. Unfortunately, um, Andy can't be with us today. He's had uh, prior commitments, shall we say. So he's with us in spirit. Um, so today, I'm really, really honoured to have um, the one and only composer who I think should introduce himself. Hello, I am Lyndon Holland. <laughs> um, I am a composer, most recently been working on uh, Virginia, which I think we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, do you want to give people a little bit of backstory about, you know, a little bit about, about you? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've been composing for um, maybe since I was about 13. Gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, sort of quite casually for the first sort of, first sort of five, six years, I mm. mainly, I was working on, um, oh, I was into RPG Maker, have you heard of RPG Maker 2000? It was a, a sort of game making tool. Was it on um, PlayStation or something? I think it, there was something on PlayStation, but yeah. the one that I used was, uh, it was a PC development tool, and it kind of, the idea was that it, it could allow you to make um, RPG games that were sort of similar to sort of SNES era RPGs like mm. uh, Final Fantasy VI and, and the like. Yeah, um, and mana kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there was a community that I was um, that was a part of, the, a forum called, at times called Gaming World, but I think it's closed down now, so yeah. um, you can't check it out anymore. But uh, I, yeah, I was, I, was, I was really into RPGs when I was that age, and um, I tried to learn to... To make RPG games, I realised actually it was what was what seemed like more fun was um, pe- those people who were making the music for it in sta- in general MIDI form. So mm-hmm. um, literally just uh, no no samples, music samples, or anything like that. Just the exposed raw general MIDI. And um, so I I started to learn to do that for a bit, um, uh, and then I sort of did that for maybe a couple of years, and then. Um, after, uh, at, I should say, at the same time, I was in bands, I was playing guitar and things like this. And so um, I had sort of... Uh, the music guitar... was there. Yeah, I had a guitar teacher who found out about some of this music I've been doing. And he sort of then offered to like, because he was more than a guitar, he was also like a composer himself. And he, mm. he gave me some sort of one-on-one tuition. And then so I've got, got to know about film music um, through through a friend of his community who was also a composer and just fell in love with... Um, orchestral music in general, classical music, and um, learn more about the technology of, you know, going beyond general MIDI, sort of mm-hmm. making things sound better with music samples. And then I had formal education. I did A-levels music and uh, did an undergrad degree in composition, music composition, mm-hmm. and then um, tried, worked out, worked for, for a couple of years, and then finally I uh got accepted to a film school called the national film and television school which um is uh which is a two-year master's course which allowed me to uh work uh, as a composer on on lots of different really good uh short films with sort of up-and-coming directors mm. um i also had a games department there as well which is kind of what um got me into interactive music sort of adaptive music, sort of, um, you know, music that sort of mm. uh, can kind of generate itself and 
and and the like. And after graduating in 2014, I responded to an ad on uh, I can't remember which forum it was now. I think it was Indie Gamer oh. forum. And um, it was an ad from Jonathan Burrows and Terry Kenny, the, the two um, people that own Variable State, and they were it was just two of them at the time, and they they had uh, sort of described a game that they were interested in making, and uh, it really appealed to me. You know, at that point, they were sort of referencing Expels and Twin Peaks, which were, I suppose were the two um, the two references which just stuck throughout the development. And uh, I'm a massive fan of those two shows. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's, 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 it was kind of it was kind of a bit spooky really because it kind of felt exactly what I wanted to do. It was a narrative game. It was you know that's something that I'm really interested in, and um, to to music to narrative. And it was you know those two shows and that era of time, which I think is a, a nice. Uh, I don't know. I love the music from that, that era, and I kind of was interested in sort of. I think um, for me, Twin Peaks was huge, huge. Mm. Um, I still get terrified by Bob. <laughs> Oh, no, yeah. It's a really harrowing moment in that show. Yeah. I rewatched it recently, actually. And, yeah, you know, time hasn't been kind to it in some ways, but it's still phenomenal. And the music, I mean, Angelo Badalamenti is just superb. Yeah, there's some really, really nice moments in it. Really sort of strange. I think it's the strangest thing about that show is the tone, how it can go from these really quite sort of... Um, sort of corny but intentionally corny sort of soap opera moments yeah. uh, where the music is ironically um, melodramatic and then it can go to something that's really quite sinister in 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 sort of quite a sophisticated way and it's it kind of put, throws your guard I think and I guess like the rest a lot of you know Blue Velvet has mm. Has sort of uh, eternal qualities similar, but it's, it's just, I mean, that's a very David Lynch um, sort of and trademark. Do you, think, do you think that um, The X Files and Twin Peaks is really, and I know we're going to go on and speak about Virginia in a bit, but mm. do you think that that kind of tone and that kind of um, melody has? Uh, had part to do with the, or kind of the way that you compose, or for specifically for Virginia, or, or the sounds, like the way that you, 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 you. Yeah, well, we definitely. I mean, those two shows were definitely influences mm-hmm. uh, on Virginia, and yeah, I mean, I should say there is there is another reference which I think was incredibly useful as well, and I think in terms of just the overall sort of scope of, of the soundtrack the so silence of the lambs which yeah um i think we just really liked oh well i personally love the score how Shaw scored but i think it's um i don't know it's sort of almost like the defining thriller score in my in, in my mind it kind of something i can't describe what it is about the the use of the orchestra and, and this sort of um hmm. The way that the uh, the melody sort of is interwoven, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's there's a quality to it which I just loved, and um, sometimes I can't put these things into words. Really, I mean, it's, it's difficult. But uh, that was a really big inspiration, and you know, of course, like Twin Peaks and X Files as well. Yeah. Uh, but um, but the orchestration style of um, 
of Silence of the Lambs was uh, was a bit had a big impression on me when writing the music for Virginia. to Virginia. Where did you start? I mean, Virginia, I played it only last weekend. Mm. Um, and I have to admit, the, the score was just phenomenal. I mean, if anybody doesn't know about Virginia, it's a game where you play as a policewoman and or a detective, and you have to, um, you're looking after, you're kind of, I don't want to spoil the story too much, really. Um, yeah. But you're kind of doing your job, really, and uh, looking after something. Um, it's really unusual in that it's like what maybe a couple of hours long. Yeah, and it's maybe that. Yeah, yeah, and there's, there's no speech in it at all, or, or even you know written. It's all communicated through, you know, uh, the visuals and through the sounds. Yeah. You know? um, there was one particular part. I'm trying to. It, it's bugging me now, um, but there was one particular part, and I could have just, oh yes, and it, I, I, the part where they wish where they're in the bar. Okay, yeah. That's not really a spoiler, but um, yes. that scene and that piece of music that you had in that scene was just so phenomenal to me. I could oh, have quite you. happily just sat there and listened to that all night. <laughs> Well, if you did sit there all night, it would just loop around. So yeah, I mean, it, it, that I have to admit, for me personally, that was very, very Twin Peaks. Yes, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I hope that I hope that the the homage to Twin Peaks bit is 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 sort of blatant enough that it's not like I'm trying to sort of claim that I'm ripping something off. I mean, it's yeah. definitely there was. Um, we were paying homage to a particular scene in Into mm -hmm. Peaks and the sort of music which is in that scene by, well, Julie Cruz. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. uh, that was just on the top. Yeah. Um, yeah this, so good. The, so, so good. I mean, it's just an amazing, she's just an amazing artist, I think, and those songs that she, she wrote back. Back in back the day. There, yeah, it was just incredible and um, just felt like, we just wanted to do something. I mean, it's, yeah. I guess it's really cheeky, really. I mean, 
it's, I suppose it's, I mean, I have read some, some people thinking, you know, maybe it's a little bit too, too, too on the nose, but maybe it was, but I just couldn't, couldn't help. Yeah. Um, it's, but help I think myself it, really, it really was perfection for that particular part. Um, and, you know, it'll be really interesting now to see with Twin Peaks coming out now next year, mm. um, a few things. A, will they keep the corniness? <laughs> Because when yeah. you look back at it now, some of the scenes are really, and the acting is just really corny. Yeah. And then will they? Um, what will the 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 soundtrack be like? That's I'm really oh, yeah. interested to hear. Absolutely no idea how the new Twin Peaks is going to be. Like, no, it could uh, be it could be really bad or it could be genius. I'm really happy that David Lynch is going to direct every single one. Yeah, I think that's really important. Uh, it could easily fall into that, like fall into pastiche. I think because it's got this such cult following yeah that if you just give it to another director you know it's going to be i don't know i, I think it just it needs to be david lynch you, yeah you, um so. it's going to be really interesting so with virginia how did you kind of approach it with the compose doing your composing for it so when did that kind of process start yeah so in this original ad which i responded to mm. there was already this uh concept that the game would have no dialogue and um it would use it would be using a cinematic editing technique which was used in a blender games game called um 30 flights of living i'm not sure if you played it or not but we, we credit it actually at the end yes that, because yeah. it was so it was such a seminal game in a way which um i mean it's it, we didn't want to obscure the fact that it it was had such a profound effect on you know basically if that game didn't wasn't made this virginia, virginia made, what you mean, yeah. simple, simple as that thing mm. um so so yeah we we had i we knew that or at least i knew um that the music would have to be instrumental in telling the story and uh, be more than just you know um background music or mm -hmm. something that's just playing in the background it almost incidental have, yeah, they'd have they'd have to they'd have to be some uh, the music would have because the music often works best when it comes in at a moment. So when there's no music and the music mm. enters, then the music is saying something deliberate because it's pointing a moment out. Another point, another time when it, and and that's the same for when the music stops. But also if the music changes direction or changes tone mm. partway through, that also um, can contextualize a scene and make you think of it in a certain way. So, you know, very cliche example of this sort of scary music mm. and a scene, be scared, like happy music, happy, you know, like pretty, pre, I mean, the, this, the technique of of the music we use is kind of just what, what film composers have been doing for sort of 100 years. Um, but I suppose the difficulty doing that in a video game is that whilst in a film, the structure is the timeline of a film edit is locked, and so a composer comes in and one can you know structure his music with um, finality to to the picture. Uh, that can't happen in video games, or at least if you want moments where the character, the player, has control, you have to um, give an amount of. Uh, there has to be an, an interactive music system that can handle 
um, the, the transitions in music and yeah. how that can kind of coordinate with the, the game playing, mm. the player playing the game at his own pace. The way that I kind of associate with that is um, I've seen Jason of Jason Graves who did Tomb Raider the the reboot mm. and he the way he kind of described it was the music kind of would be low or, or there would be no or low music and then to for example going into a fight it would start amping up and amping up and amping up and then it really kind of you know put yeah. in the drums and all the heavier guitars and you know all the effects and then when it's over it just ebbs away yeah that, that that's uh, yeah that is um that technique is uh i i call that technique sort of um vertical uh transition okay. so you bring in layers each time so you have like a bed which he um, imagine what he was describing as a bed which is something low intensity medium intensity high intensity and you sort of cross -fader. you're bringing these elements in you can do it in a really smart way but you're you're bringing these elements in and um you're dropping them out again um virginia didn't have any of that because we didn't have like a, a situation where um things were dynamically uh where where the um, intensity would dynamically up and then go down again. So it's actually more linear in that you get to a point and something would happen, but that would only happen once and you go to the next thing. So uh, our transitioning was more horizontal, mm. so on like a timeline. So if you imagine, if you can visually imagine the timeline of a track looping around like 16 bars, when you want to then check like make a change in music to point something out it jumps to another timeline so it jumps like to another place on the timeline it's mm. completely different piece of music and it plays and the trick is lining those things up so that um it it sort of seamlessly blends into this next sort of section mm. and uh there's ways of doing that with that with this there's very soft like FMOD and WYS are two the, yeah. the big um, software, audio software engines that people use. We used FMOD and um, we would, so basically, I suppose, a basic way of describing how we did it was like, we had, um, we beat map, so if I had a piece of music which was, say, 120 beats per minute, mm. and um, it was rhythmical, so it had some something to, to it which made me not drums but maybe like some piano ele element which was um had some rhythm to it uh the it would have the, the transition would have to know to to um change at point where it was either on the beat or sounded right musically and mm. so we beat matched it in f mod and maybe it, it depending on the track it would be maybe we can get away with um every bar every at the end of every bar it can transition and that would feel right or every beat or every other beat
Um, how long did the actual whole process take you for composing it? And did you have a lot of feedback into yeah. the game itself? I was on the I was working on the game from pretty much the beginning. So I joined in about April, and Jonathan and Terry had been. Um, they had been working on it since about February, so only like a couple of months. Mm. But um, yeah, so probably about two years. But I mean, that's not that's sort of not correct because for first first year until about January, what we were working on was uh, a demo, which uh, like a vertical slice demo, which we took to EGX yeah. um, and we sort of showcased it there. And it wasn't until sort of January two thousand fifteen that actually uh, we got signed by. 505 and that's when um, we we effectively started again at that point mm. uh, we took I mean the some of the elements of the demo remained but we kind of built we built it again with uh, we had a programmer Kieran and he came in and, and, we, and we did things much more efficiently and uh, yeah sorry with them um, 505 on board how kind of hands-on were they with, with you and with the team Hardly at all. In fact, it was it was uh, a really um, great relationship. I mean, I wasn't. It was Jonathan and Terry who were they were they were sort of interacting with Five Five. But I mean, they would say that Five Five were giving us sort of complete creative freedom. Really, um, we you know the way it works is you have certain milestones that you have to hit. So there there were agreed targets that we'd have to hit at, at certain periods. And as long as we hit those period, hit those milestones, mm. which we always did, um, that they would, you know, they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't meddle basically. So they, yeah, they're a brilliant publisher to work with. Yeah, I mean, they've they've done two of my favourite games in the last few months: uh, Virginia, obviously, and then um, Abzu. So they're, they're really um, carving themselves out quite as a, a really kind of upcoming, really great studio. Yeah, I mean, I so. Abzu is just a beautiful. F- I think it's one of the most beautiful, like visually beautiful yeah. games I've seen. Yeah, and yeah. the music's incredible. They yeah. lost everything else in which he does. It's just I know. <laughs> and do you know what? He is one of the busiest men I I know. He's constantly he just does not stop. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he just has to turn things down. There's just so many people probably want to work with him. Mm. Yeah, uh, you know, and. Um, He's a long-time supporter of our show. Uh, he's a good friend. Um, and some of the stuff... I mean, he gave us a track for Abzu to play uh, as a, an exclusive. And it's just... I mean, everything he does is so different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he did the centre for Assassin's Creed, which was... I mean, there was absolutely phenomenal stuff on yeah. there. Um, obviously, this journey... There's the Banner Saga. There's you know Abzu, and they're all their he's, own. Yeah, he's a real craftsman. I think his. Mm. Um, I mean, his music doesn't sound like modern um, classical, uh, modern sort of film music. It sounds much more from the ilk of um, traditional sort of classical composers. I think you know, like Abzu sounds like something that Ravel or Debussy would write. It sounds. Incredible, like the the textures that you that he creates from the the harps, and I mean it's just so perfect for mm. an underwater um, story like adventure. You know, it's yeah. Kind of, it's I mean, I always wonder that, like with composers like yourself, um, 
where do you get your ideas? Because <laughs> everything is so different. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't speak for Austin how he came up with that idea, but um, I don't know. Like, I think it's just. I mean, there's always and there is always inspiration from other people's work. I think that's just how. And mm. every sort of anyone who does anything that's artistic, I think, will always. Um, they'll always have even if it's just subconsciously there's always things that you like and you're always wanting to write stuff that you like and so there's mm. there's music it's, it comes down to your taste i think that that what you like kind of yeah affects what what well, ideas you come almost, up with yeah influence that um yeah. it's funny i always remember something that jason said years ago um i don't know whether you've ever been to or heard of game music connect i have i have been i actually um they they took us to Games Music Connect when I was at film school. They they paid for us to go. So it's, oh wow! Yeah. Would, you would have probably seen me there then. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, do you um do you have a hand in putting that together? No, I um I, I just know the the people that do um, right. and I go to kind of represent our show. You know, right. I, you know, for a long long time, I was the only person that did this. Right. Know? Yeah. Um, and I take great pride in it. I've been doing it for a long, long time. Mm. Um, and one of the things I always remember, and it was something that you, you mentioned before we started, um, you were playing Uncharted last week. Yeah. Um, and it struck me that in the first year that we went, that I, that I went, um, which was the first one, the amount of composers that were there who, who weren't gamers and they wanted to work in the gaming industry I think it's, yeah, it's... And one of the things Jason said, or someone said, um, was basically pick up a, you know, pick up a pad, get gaming. Mm. You can't expect to score something when you don't know anything about the, the, the industry. I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. I think that um, not only just from like a technical point of view, it's like how can you expect really to... Um, write interactive music if you don't understand the components of a game, you don't understand the limitations of what a game can do and all these things. And also just, um, I don't know, like I think that you should be game literate when it comes to, yeah. uh, you're working in this medium. So um, I think that you just feel like, it, just you want to feel part of the industry mm. and you want to feel like you know, um, know what you're talking about and what you're doing exactly yeah, yeah. Mm. because it's very hard to fake it <laughs> yeah and i think that if you are not interested in in games yeah and you want to work in that industry it's it's just a shame that you'd spend all that effort writing music for a video game and then mm. have no interest in in playing it ever because it's like well i don't like video games i oh, mean it's childish people, <laughs> Yeah, or well, for whatever reason. I mean, there's yeah, yeah, valid yeah. reasons why people don't like video games. But, um, I mean, it'd just be such a shame that you, your work is then something that mm. you feel like you can't really show to anyone. Or... Yeah, and one of the other things that Jason said as well was, and this has always stuck with me, is that no matter what, do something every day. You know, write something, compose something, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. I... I, I Learned a lot when I was at film school, actually, mm. for um, developing. And just, I think, at a certain point, I was, I don't know, maybe like when I was younger, I just sort of accepted. I go, yeah, that, that'll do, or that, that's, that's good enough. And then 
maybe I'd be defensive if there was ever any like criticism of it. And mm-hmm. and now I feel like I'm. It's actually if you can get to the stage where you can be more criti- everyone else likes it and you're still critical of your work, I think that's mm. uh, just a quicker uh, place to be because if you can send something to someone and you've over analyzed it and over sort of made sure that it sounds good and all this then amount of times you someone has to send it back to you and give you feedback diminishes mm-hmm. um, and and i'm always just sort of when i write something i'm just thinking have i sort of done this before is this very sort of am i bringing anything new to my um musical portfolio is there anything interesting that I haven't done before, and and maybe that should or maybe you shouldn't be afraid to sort of repeat yourself a little bit. But that's something that's always on my mind. I always want to, uh, you know, progress, mm. and I think that kind of keeps it interesting as well. Actually. Where to from here? What's next for Lyndon? I am um, well. I've got a, I've got a few things in the pipeline. A few, there's a couple of things that I can't really talk about now. Yeah. I can't talk about talking uh, yeah, yeah, quite. Yeah, quite. They, they haven't been announced yet. But I am. Mm. I have got one thing I can talk about, which um, there's a 3D platforming game which uh, I'm working on currently. Actually, mm-hmm. um, it's called Poi P O I. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually 
on in early access on Steam at the moment. Um, awesome. I'll have to have a look. Yeah, there is some some of my music in there at the moment. There is also some temp music in there mm. uh, that they've been using, but I'm going through sort of replacing all that now. Um, yeah, it's 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 a quite a different. Um, yeah, very different to Virginia. It's a very different working relationship as well. Um, it's there isn't any interactive music in this. It's it's the kind of game it is actually kind of. I don't think it really needs it. It's I mean it's your classic sort of Mario. Yeah. Uh, style game so the music is just kind of catchy tunes I suppose or, or um, you know background music um, but I have tried to create a sense of place with this, with the music it's um, it's still an orchestral score so mm-hmm. I, I do like working in that way um, although I'd be interested in working in a more synthetic score in the future but it's very different to Virginia yeah. at the same time. It's more sort of family adventure orientated. Um, Virginia, I think the the subject matter of Virginia is it's very very different from obviously what you're working on at the moment. It's, yeah, it's much more it it's more serious and more yeah. Um, serious in tone. I don't. Know, it's but, definitely something I'm going to have to because I read something about it yesterday and I thought. Hang on a second. I didn't recognize. I didn't realize that. So I'm going to have to go back and do that myself now. Oh yeah. So there's lots of little things that you can miss, um, but it's such a wonderfully told story, um, and in such an unusual way, you know. Um, actually, on that, we were talking about before we started. Kind of, we were talking about ourselves doing gaming, yeah. and um, particularly around Uncharted Four, uh, because I'm just about to finish it today. And like Henry Jackman, the, the composer for that, yeah. I mean, stylistically, the game is the prob is without doubt the best of the whole series. It absolutely shines on the PS4. It's yeah. stunning. Um, but there are certain moments where I've kind of had to stop and just listen to the the, the score because it's mm. so beautifully done. Um, there, sorry. There, no, 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 there was just a, like a, a particular highlight for me um, was called, um, oh, what was it called? I'm trying to remember what it was called, but it it was just one scene with um, kind of about three quarters of the way through the game, and I actually did, I stopped and I just sat there and listened to it for a few minutes because it was just beautiful. <laughs> it's, yeah, I think it's for uh, a sequel, which is four games in, I think is actually a really quite intelligent score. Yeah. Uh, I really like what they've... I mean, in some ways, Uncharted 4 feels quite different to uh, the tone of the other three. Mm. It, it's got much more backstory, I think, of the characters. There's more of a serious edge, and it feels more dangerous in a way um, than the other three. And uh, it's interesting what Henry Jackman did with the Uncharted theme, um, he he sort of, I mean, it is there, but the theme is, is there, you can hear it, but there's there's a part of it, I think, I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure there's, there's a one of the, the B sections of the original theme he, he doesn't use. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's quite interesting because that section is more romantic and sort of quite classical, mm-hmm. um, classically sort of heroic, and he's just omitted that. And that's not there, mm. and I think that's 
probably right for the game. Yeah, but, I think uh, it's more the serious edge to it. There's a definite difference this time um, because throughout the previous three, you had um, there was like a a thread running through them in in that the main theme you could hear that in you know various places and it would kind of come yeah. up and just win you know very whim, whim, whimsically i can't say that word Honestly, um, yeah <laughs> so that's exactly how i would describe the the the, the theme in, in the in the other three the, this this there's this sort of um this this also this ostinato which um he does which uh kind of plays underneath the theme, which just instantly is just way more tension to that theme than there is in the da 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 that is it's less grandiose. Yeah. And that's that's kind of right for the game, I think. The, the you know, it's it's a reluctance to go into this adventure. And so it should be for reluctance there's the music's almost reluctant to play the theme, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you've you know, nail on the head, absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny how some games I find they're almost married to the soundtrack, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You couldn't imagine, like, for example, playing Everyone's Gone to the Rapture without Jessica's score. No, no. You know, um, and same with Uncharted, and, you know, there's so many other games, uh, like, phenomenal scores. You know, I could whack the rug at them all day, but um, have you got any particular favourites? Uh, my favourite game score, I think, is an old one. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I'm a massive Nobuyamatsu fan, uh -huh. um, and I think probably Final Fantasy Nine. I think has some um, brilliant music in it. I still, I, there's still music in that game. I can't get out of my head. Um, yeah, but, but all three of the, all the three of the PlayStation Air ones actually. Uh, I, I just think are, are brilliant. Um, there's, 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 there's other excellent scores. I'm not signalling those out just because I think yeah. they're the best. Those are just ones that, that uh, are nostalgic for me because yeah. they were perhaps um, what one got me into wanting to write music in the first place. So mm -hmm. I'll always probably put those on the pedestal. You know, Final Fantasy VII, Yeah, um, I think you know, there's always something that's going to remind you or bring you to that happy place. I mean, for me, it, it started. This is what started my gaming off. And my love of game music was way, 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 way back when I was about five or six, um, playing a game on the Amstrad called Solomon's Key. Okay, I haven't played that. Uh, it was basically one screen um, adventure where you had to start at one side of the screen and work your way to the door by creating or destroying blocks while trying not to get caught by the enemies. And I can still hear the music in my head now. Yeah, you know, and it, that's really what started that all those years ago. It's it's such it's such, I mean even then it was such a uh, a genre of music on its own mm. because um, I don't know like who else would write these just really catchy tunes that yep. uh, were like two or three minutes long and they were just loop and designed just to loop around and not be irritating. Mm -hmm. Uh, you wouldn't really get that in any other form of music at that point. I don't know whether that's changed. I think that's probably still no, the case. No, and it, it's funny because, you know, that was over 30 years ago. I'm sure my age now. Forgive me. <laughs> um, 
and it's still it's so clear in my head you know yeah. um, and I think that's a real testament to the people who who did it or who do it yeah I suppose when you're working with um, a limitation you know the hardware that yeah that they had on those old machines you know you couldn't couldn't really have many instruments playing I, I don't know the exact uh, level of restriction they had but I know that it it had to just be melodic mm. um, because that's all they had that had like one or two layers of uh, instruments that they could use and so um, you get stuff like the Mario mm. theme tune which is just absolutely timeless um, and yeah melody I suppose is is always what will kind of keep you remembering a, mm. a tune or song or you know whatever uh, and all those all those game soundtracks at the time were heavily melodic those I think that we sort of games don't need to be so melodic anymore because uh, you can create atmosphere and, and sometimes you know it's pretty obvious that you don't want just this insistent melody going through some games that would be like completely inappropriate but yeah. uh, some games you know it's absolutely if you, you had like a, a modern 2d hmm. um platform and then yeah why not do something like Mario. <laughs>
actually, um, the limitations of the hardware is something that always interests me because when we're talking about chip tunes now, and um, when you look back at the days of the NES, yeah, you look at the absolutely huge library of games that machine had, and I've got a folder on my computer, uh, and it's full of just chip tunes from NES games. <laughs> Cool. You know, like you've got DuckTales, you've got The Goonies, you've got Castlevania, you've got... Oh God, there's just mm. so many. And then the Marios, my God. Yeah. You know, you could do several shows um, just based around the music for Mario. Um, and how it's progressed over the years. Like, you look at... Um, I don't know, did you have a Wii or did you ever play... Uh, a Nintendo Wii. Yeah. Uh, I'd never owned one, but I have played some of the games. Yeah. The um, the Mario games on that, which were Super Mario Galaxy 1 and 2. Yeah. They, for me, are probably the pinnacle of the Mario music. I mean, it just blows me away how good they were. Um, the, yeah. The, all all those games, in fact, all the, the, the first-party Nintendo games, I mm. think, I mean, I'm saying I, I don't know all of them, but the ones I've heard, they have such a sophisticated um, way of composing music, which is sort of part jazzy and, um, I don't know, really catchy, but using uh, harmonic harmonic progressions, which are kind of really strange and, and weird. Uh, I don't know. They're, they're really talented composers for people who work on those games. I suppose yeah. I reckon they must do loads of pieces and just, like... Mm. And just test them out and see which ones are, the, you know, the best. I, I just imagine that I don't know. I'm I'm kind of um, this is all conjecture, but I'm sort of imagining that they would spend a lot of time um, getting the like the working on a piece of music that has like the hookiest tune. You know? mm. Do you think actually on that kind of on that point um, that you can spend too much time on a project? I wouldn't want to spend more than two years, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, I think that I don't know. Like you could almost get yeah. I don't know. Like two years feels like much, and you can't see the outside. I think that you just want to move on to something else. You get a bit bored of like the same variations of the same themes, and and I don't know. Maybe 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 if if a certain project came about, then it'd be fine to work on it for more than two years. But I felt ready to. Be done with Virginia when it finished, I think, uh, and, um, and work on something else. Mm. Um, I don't know though. I mean, I, I don't how do you know find how that actually? Do, do composers work on things longer than two years? I don't know. Mm. How do you find that if you're working, if you you've got two thing, two or more things on the go? How do you kind of find that? Do you find that easy to deal with, or is it difficult? Because obviously everything's going to sound different. Uh, I've never part. had a problem with that actually. When I was when I was at the film school, we'd be often working on like three or four things at once, mm. um, and I kind of quite like it actually because um, because you can just as long as the things are very different. I think if you're working on a bunch of things and they're all very similar, that'd be dreadful actually because mm. you'd be favouring. I mean, it's, it, if it was a case that the music could be interchanged between each game, if it was really that similar then it would be a strange one because you'd go, well, which game gets the best music? Because it's going to probably be one piece of music that you write that are going to sound mm. better than the other ones. 
But no, I don't. I don't really have that. I don't see that as an issue. I do think that the time management is a bit of an issue. Yeah. I didn't. Um, I did work on some things concurrently on Virginia. Not not much though. Most of it was because I also have, haven't mentioned this, but um, on Virginia I also did the sound design, which was a huge amount of work as well. Mm. Um, and that combined with the music did leave a lot of time for me to do other things but I did work on another thing called Avery Attorney which was more of a, a technical task I must say although it was some original compositions in there but it was a really fun project to work on because it was just reimagining classical um, pieces I mean I say reimagine sometimes just direct um, trans transcription to um, sample of music but in a way so that it could work in the game so it could loop and all these things mm. uh, but that was that was in a way that was quite cool because it means I didn't have to think much I, I could just sort of either I had a score or I had uh, I was just um, doing the, the the oral task of uh, transcribing the music from a classical music recording and putting it into my uh, music software so that was that was Given how it changed, I think. But um, yeah, time management is a difficult one. Uh, at the moment, I haven't turned anything down because I've been too busy. But I can imagine <laughs> that it's going to it's going to come up. I think that what I, my my technique so far has just been to say yes for everything, even if I see that they <laughs> conflict. And usually, what happens is that one of them um, delays yeah. by some sort of significant margin, <laughs> and it means that I just falls into place and goes oh, okay i can work on this now and and it's spooky how well that's all fit together so far it's, well it's, you know if it, if it works for you then it works <laughs> it's, de it's destined to fail at some point <laughs> well hopefully not yeah <laughs> and it's just popped in my head actually do you see yourself and um, would you like to continue to work within the gaming industry you know i yeah i i mean i would happily work on in in the film industry as well, but this, I think the game industry is, for composer anyway, I think is um, sort of, in a way, more interesting because there is no end to the scope and vision of what a video game can be, even on its uh, low budget and you know, the indie games, because everything has to be built from scratch anyway, so uh, you can have a really low budget sci-fi game, for instance, uh, which demands some sort of interesting music. Whereas my experience with film, working on short films, low budget and f short films, is that um, the the need for um, adventurous sort of music that I sort of wanted to write was mm. less because a lot of the films were kind of um, they had to be like this because of budget constraints. Were kind of like social realistic, you know dramas about people setting houses and things. And there's nothing to say that you can't do something really wild with the music or, or not wild and do something really uh, do something really wild and interesting. I think that's perfectly fine. But I think that if I was to continue just to work on those films, I think you and I did find this actually at film schools, it's just starting you're working with a directors seem to want a certain thing that's yeah. uh, not invasive and doesn't sort of I don't know, just it's didn't it's not as interesting. Yeah. So basically, I've written much more interesting for video games than I ever have uh, for any of the films I've worked on. And I think that's partly because I've never worked on 
any sort of high budget movies, but that probably won't happen. So, <laughs> uh, well, I was just about to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. But um, I'm, yeah, I'm perfectly happy working in video games, I think. But uh, especially, I mean, okay, the, the interactive this, the interactive music is an interesting challenge, and it's really it's it, it's really interesting to uh, design a piece of music knowing up front what sort of interaction and what sort of transitions the music needs but that and that's really fun to do but i can imagine you know sometimes i have to admit there were times when i wish oh, i wish this was all just a film and i could just do it in this way and there is uh, uh, there always has to be some concessions made in order to make it interactive but i think that in the end that uh doesn't cancel out the enjoyment of working on games i think that yeah. um it's 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 a great industry for a composer to work in, mm. and and I think that financially as well. I think that if you're a composer coming into the business um, of wanting to write music for media, uh, you're much more likely to be able to support yourself working in video games mm. than film at the moment. That might change, but at the moment that's the way I think it is. because 
obviously I'm not a composer. I'm just a person who does a podcast right. and um, about game music. And over the years, it's afforded me to speak to so many talented and amazing people like, like yourself, you know, mm. who's done so many different things. And for me personally, looking from the outside in, it, and, you know, going to Game Music Connect and meeting everybody there and, you know, doing the, these kind of chats and stuff. Over the years, I've seen, and I, and I still see it, where composers within the video game industry are very much, it's like a bunch of just big friends, mm. you know, and everybody supports everybody and everybody, you know, I yeah I think that's that's really unusual. I think that that sort of um, is true for the whole gaming industry. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm I'm speaking through roast in the glass here because I know there's lots of uh, problems in the games industry yeah. as well. But largely, I think that there's a huge community that everyone is very vocal and everyone shares all their work and they sort of well not everyone but people do. There's there's mm. these development logs and you see all these communities yeah. and everyone. I mean, you, uh, the, the thing that blows my mind, uh, things, Game Music Connect, um, I've seen Jason stand up on stage and he's done, he's basically just shown you his, you know, his, his stuff and he's telling you how he's done it in absolute minute detail. And, you know, I went away from that particular year and I went back and I went straight back to Tomb Raider and played it again, but playing it again, I was paying way more attention to the situations, you know, the music mm. that he'd done for that. And it's just incredible. And I think that's phenomenal, that kind of, you know, stuff that people, the composers do. But another thing that I think is, is great is in this digital age and blah, 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 um, Twitter's become huge for yeah. composers. Um, yeah. If for people being able to, people like me or you know, regular Joe being able to connect with someone who's done something that they absolutely love, like you have for Virginia and you know, any you know, anyone else. I think so. I think Twitter is brilliant. I think that. I think most people don't have like giant egos or anything yeah. like this. And so people I find uh, really forthcoming um, mm -hmm. to sort of speaking about whatever people want to know about their yeah. work or, you know, how, how can I and, get into this industry or, you know, anything yeah. like that. I think that it's really refreshing to have um, a community that, that exists on Twitter and other websites that um, are there for just promoting people mm -hmm. getting into the game industry and just making it a much more yeah, and vibrant. You know, I'm place. I'm in a, I'm really really so lucky because Twitter has you know allowed me to connect with people like you and you know David Arnold, you know Austin Jessica, Gary Scheiman, you know all of these mm -hmm. people who are huge. Um, composers and hugely talented and you know people who I you know put on a pedestal certainly mm. you know um, and it's afforded us to be able to do things like this you know mm. which I, I never thought in a million years you know never ever you know so I'm 
I'm very much so thankful to people like you and to all the other composers who agreed to come on the show because it, it's it, <laughs> it, it's a real honour to be honest. Oh, well, no worries. I mean, I'm happy to to sort of if people want to speak to me about this stuff. I'm happy to oblige. You yeah. know, and I think it's nice, you know, because it 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 gives you a voice about what you've done and you know talk, yeah. being able to talk about Virginia and, and all the stuff that you've done and stuff coming up and that's uh, that's very true actually like it's almost like a post-mortem of um the game that we that is something which I did a lot at film school like you you work on mm. a project it's finished it's released people watch it and then you sort of discuss mm. what you did afterwards and somehow that kind of puts closure to it mm -hmm. and so by yeah it's nice to have that because if, if if i suppose you did it you did your work released virginia mm -hmm. whatever and then just that's it then then that yeah. was it you somehow if i don't know it this it's somehow a little bit it's quite satisfact um, mm. satisfying to to do these things i'm going to ask you one last question now sure and you have to be honest <laughs> go ahead i shall um, try to be honest. what is your favorite gaming soundtrack or do you have one um well i suppose I'll, I'll give a different answer to the final fantasy ones because i suppose that's more like a personal uh one god um i don't know <laughs> i i i really really was impressed actually i do have an answer mm-hmm um, or in the blind forest, I think that is an amazing, amazing Gareth. Yeah, he's yeah, wonderful, just phenomenal. That I, I, I was blown back. I, I was absolutely blown away by that. Yeah, I can believe that. Uh, especially, I don't know. I just kind of could believe that um, that wasn't done by um, a Hollywood composer with tons and tons of experience. It just seemed like the, the full package. Mm. Yeah, it really is wonderful. Almost made me want to buy an Xbox. Yeah, I played on PC. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's kind of that's us for this week. Cool. Um, I just want to say a huge thank you for coming on the show. It's been a, 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 an honour um, no and an absolute pleasure. Um, and, you know, I always say people have come on the show, now you're part of the Dork Tunes family, so... <laughs> Cool. And we'll be always looking about what you're doing next. That's and we great. can't wait to hear what that might be. Excellent. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me on the show. Absolute pleasure. That's us for this week's folks. Um, Andy and I will be back in the next episode, episode 36, um, with our regular 10-track uh, show. So we shall see you then. Obviously, if you want to get in touch, you can um, at me on Twitter at evilnoob. Um, or Andy at Andy Overfield. Um, so until then, it's a goodbye from me, and it's a goodbye from... Linden. <laughs> Take it easy.